Thank you for joining us on the Crossroads Church Podcast. We are so excited to have you as part of our family. We're a community where people are welcomed home, built up, and sent out. Our prayer is for you to find meaningful relationship and belonging with both God and His people. We'd love to connect with you. Download the Crossroads Church app, follow us on Facebook or Instagram, or simply send us an email at info at mycrossroads.co. We pray that as you hear this message, you encounter Jesus and all that he has in store for you. Happy Mother's Day, and God bless you ladies. Uh, Thank you so much for all you do. You make this world an amazing, amazing place. Thank you, and God bless you. Uh, You know, I'm gonna uh, tell you about a, a hero in my life. Uh, her name was, uh, was, was Kim, and I met her when a person in my church asked if I would go visit her in the hospital, and he told me that she had been in an accident. Well, I was not prepared for what I saw when I went in because here laying there in a halo, you know, where she couldn't move her, her head, was a beautiful 18-year-old girl. And we, uh, you know, we, we got to know each other there, and I'd go and visit her uh, on, on a pretty regular basis. And at first, I could just see the fear in her eyes. It was obvious that the, the question in her heart was, am I going to make it? I mean, am I going to even make it? Am I going to live through this? And then after a while, it became apparent that she was going to live through this, but it was another question that she was going to have to ask, and that was, am, you know, what is this going to make of, of me? And I had the chance to, to share the gospel with her, and she received Jesus as her Lord and Savior in the hospital, and then uh, went to visit her when she went, uh, when she went to a, a Shepherd Spinal in Atlanta, which is an amazing place, and I saw some of the most courageous people I've ever seen in my life there. And then what I watched is her just become an amazing follower of Jesus Christ. Uh, At my first church, I'd I'd be up to preach, and I'd look over there, and every single Sunday, she was there in the front row. And and I watched her worship with passion. I watched her her love God with with passion. And what she did with her life was amazing. She went went to college. She ended up being a 4.0 student throughout college. I watched her character. I watched her. And even though that uh, that she never gained full control of of her legs, she was probably one of the most whole people I've ever known in my life. You know, Sylvia and I uh, went on a cruise several weeks ago, and I know it was horrible, horrible timing, but we had a, you know, a, a little thing, a voucher that said if we didn't use it by, by March, we, we lost it, so we decided to, to, to use it. But man, did the world change when we were, were gone. I mean, it was you know, a little dicey before we left, but we came back to a whole new world. I mean, when we left, there was food in the stores. We came back, there was no food anywhere it seemed like and and when we left there was you know you could buy hand sanitizer you could buy toilet paper things like that when we came back toilet paper was more than you know it's worth its weight in in gold and was was rarer than an Elvis siding and and things And, and I remember when we first got there I mean when we first came back it was like everybody was there was a fear in their heart 
There was a fear, there was a, a wondering, are we gonna make it? Are we gonna make it as a nation? Are we gonna make it as a world? Are we gonna make it in our economy? Are we gonna make it in our jobs? Are we gonna make it as a family? Are we going to, to, to make it? But then, you know, in the, the last few, few weeks, we've seen something. There's been kind of a dawn that, is, that has begun to, uh, to, to rise. And we've seen a difference. We've felt a, a difference, most of us have. And maybe now we can ask a different question. And that's the question, not, not are we gonna make it, because we know we're gonna make it now. Uh, but, but the difference is, is uh, what are we gonna make of it? Well, how are we gonna be on the other side of, uh, of this? And you know, a lot of times what we've asked the question too is that you've heard the, the question, you know, that uh, I, I can't wait until everything gets back to what? What word? Normal, right? We've heard that. But here's the question. What if normal isn't what God wants for us right now? What if God is shaking up normal in order to take us from normal to extraordinary or normal to something absolutely amazing? You know, I love eagles, and I'm not just talking about the band. I'm talking about, about the symbol of our nation, the bird. I love watching them. I've always loved that. And, you know, there's this passage in Deuteronomy, this little hidden gem that is beautiful that talks about eagles. And, and we're going to just take a, a look at that for a moment. And here it is. It says this, that like an eagle that stirs up its nest and hovers over its young that spreads its wings to catch them and carries them on its pinions. The Lord alone led them. Now, what is that talking about? What is all that, uh, that about? For those of you that love nature, uh, we're gonna you know, go into this and we're talking about moms, so we're gonna take a look at some mom eagles. And the eagles, first of all, when it talks about stirring up the nest, an eagle's nest is absolutely amazing. They're incredible. They're about four or five feet on average uh, wide in, in diameter, and they're usually two to four feet deep. The biggest one that was ever found, you're not gonna believe this, it was 10 feet across, and it was 20 feet deep. That's two stories deep, and it weighed over three tons. And they're usually made out of branches and things like that, woven together. And, there's, and then the eagles put some, some soft things like feathers on the, on the inside there. And that's where they have the, the eaglets. And the eaglets, when it talks about stirring up the, the young, what happens is one day, first of all, they've got it pretty made for several weeks. I mean, they're getting all fat and sassy there because mom comes and, and she feeds them and all they do is kind of just sit there and, and they have the best view in town because the, the eagles' nests are usually put way, way, way up on top of a, uh, of a cliff or put on top of a, uh, of a tree or anything like that. And so, so here they, they go and, and what mom does is she goes there and she's got a different look in her eye this time. And what she does is she starts to take the soft feathers and go to the end of the nest and throw, them, throw that off the, the nest. Now, you know the eaglets are probably thinking, what do we do to hack off mom, right? They're probably wondering, what has gotten into to mom? But mom is stirring up the nest. She is intentionally taking away their comfort zone. She is intentionally making them where they're not quite as comfortable because of the next two things that she wants to do. Then what she does is she hovers over her young, the Bible says. And what that is, is she's just floating over the top of them. She's soaring over the top of them. And it's not just to, to show off her impressive wingspan. She is teaching her eaglets how to fly. She's teaching them, she's instructing them how to use their wings and to, and to soar. 
And then she does something else. Uh, most of the 60 types of eagles uh, in the world, what they do at this point is they take one of their youngs, they grab one of the eaglets, take them to the edge of the nest, and push them off. Now, at this point, you're really wondering, okay, what has gotten into mom? Has mom walked, you know, woken up on the wrong side of the nest? Or, or does she have a death wish for us or anything? Does she, does she not love us anymore? And yeah, she loves the eaglets very, very much. Here's what she knows. She knows the eaglets were not created to stay in the nest their whole life. They weren't created that. They were created to soar. They were created to own the skies, right? And then what happens when it talks about carrying them on the, the pinion? First, they stir up the nest. Then they, then they hover over their young. And then what they do is, is, is if the eaglets, a lot of times, they can't fly the first time or the first several times. And so what mom does, she knows she's not going to let the eaglet hit the ground. So she swoops up under the eaglets right before they hit the ground and take them back up to the top so that they can do it again over and over again until they're able to soar and be everything that God created them to be. In the same way, God sometimes stirs up our nest, doesn't he? Sometimes he takes away our comfort zone, not because he doesn't love us, but because he loves us very, very much. Sometimes it feels like we've been pushed out of the nest. And sometimes everything kind of just goes topsy-turvy around us. And sometimes when we try to flap and, and, uh, and, and make, things, make things right again, it seems like sometimes that the ground comes up even faster. And one thing that I can testify in my life is that never has God ever let me hit the ground. God's always been there. God's always been there to pick me up. God's always been there to carry me. And it reminds me of a verse that comes from Isaiah 56, 46 that says this, even to your old age, and your gray hairs, I am he. I am he who will sustain you. I have made you, and I will carry you. I will sustain you, and I will rescue you. Maybe God stirs up the nest right now because he wants to get us past normal. What would happen if our normal, maybe it's good, but maybe it's not God's best for us? What if, what if our normal was an enemy of what God's plan was for our life? What if our normal kept us from being everything that God created us to be? Because I, I'll tell you what, I don't want to go back to normal. I, want to, I don't want to go back to anything that, that keeps me from being the best that God has for me, right? I want, to, I want to go forward into the new life that God has for me. I want to go forward into every good thing that God has. You know what would be a tragedy is this. A tragedy that we go through all that we've gone through as a nation, that we go through all that we've gone through as individuals, and we're no better on the other side. That we're no different on the other side. And something that, that I love is, is God says this, God wants to take us from glory to glory. That means God always wants to take us higher and further and deeper. God always wants to take us further with him. God always wants to increase our faith. God always wants to increase our, our hope. God always wants to, to strengthen our relationship with him and our relationship with other people. He always wants to take us from glory to glory. And I, not only, I don't want to be the same after this. I don't want to be the same. I don't want my family to be the same. I don't want crossroads to be the same. You know, we've watched God just take us to a whole nother level as a church. We're, uh, we are impacting far more people than we ever have through all this. We're, and, and we're stretching, we're growing, we're doing all these things. And, and who wants to go back to the way it was if God wants to take us from glory to glory? 
I want to share with you one of the most challenging verses in all of Scripture to me. But as I've, I've gained life experience, I realize how true it really is. And I also realize how much I want to grow in what it's talking about. It's from the, the book of, uh, of James. And, and just a little background about James. James was Jesus' brother, or I guess I should say half-brother, since Jesus' dad was God. Uh, it was James's dad was, was Joseph. But he was writing to the early church that was being heavily persecuted. I mean, think of this. There were people that they knew and people themselves that were being tortured and killed for their faith. I don't know if you know that, but that's still happening today. In fact, more people are dying for their faith now in our world than at any time in world history. But here's what he wrote. He said, consider it a pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kind, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. And perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. I love the way the message uh, version puts it. It says this, Consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come to you from all sides. You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so that you may be mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. I mean, look at this. James tells us to consider it a gift or pure joy whenever we face trials. I mean, pure joy. I mean, epic joy. Joy on steroids, right? And then he gives the, then what he does is he anticipates the question, why in the world, how in the world can we consider the struggles and the, the problems that we face and the trials that we face, how can we consider them pure joy? But then he answers the question as, as well. He said, because God's up to something. God is going to leverage those, pro, those trials and those problems. And, and notice it doesn't say God caused those, right? God doesn't cause those things, but God sure leverages those things for our benefit. It's gonna develop something in our life. It's gonna develop perseverance. Just like exercise develops muscles, when we go through trials, it develops perseverance in our heart and in our life. Now, the word perseverance, uh, what that, that literally means is to stay. The word in the Greek is to stay. It's to, it's to not give up. It's to, it's to not go back. It's, to, it's, it's to, to not give up no matter what's coming our way. You know, Babe Ruth once said, it is hard to beat a man who, uh, who never gives up. Rocky Balboa, the great theologian, said this, yo, eight, no, I'm sorry, he said this. He said, perseverance is going on one more round when you think you can, that it, uh, that's what makes all the, the difference. And it doesn't stop there. God's word says that we should keep persevering because it'll make us mature and complete, not lacking anything. Here's why we can do that. It goes from this, that, that trials and, and problems will lead to perseverance, and perseverance will lead to something else. It will lead to maturity. It'll lead to character. It'll lead to a whole lot of good things that God wants in our life and we want in our life. And it also says that, uh, that when we face, uh, face trials, it, you know, it's not an option. We're gonna face trials in this world. We are gonna face problems in this world. The only question is, how are we gonna go through those things? Are we gonna just go through them or are we gonna go through them better than we went into them? You know, one of the first quotes that I ever wrote, I used to have a book that I'd write quotes in, and I think the second one I ever put in there is one that I'll never forget and has been something in my life. And it said this, it says, life is a grindstone, and whether it grinds a person down 
or whether it polishes them up depends on the stuff that they're made of. And I think that's true. And I think that uh, you want to hear some good news, some cool news. It's this. It's, you know, you've already persevered in your life. And I want to congratulate you on that because you've gone through trials. You've gone through struggles. You've gone through problems and you have made it this far. You've persevered. Congratulations. And something else, through this time that we've had, all this hectic time on the world, the crazy time, the pandemic and everything, you've made it. I mean, you've made it to this point right now. If you're hearing my voice, you have persevered. And I just want to say again, congratulations, and I want to applaud you. But something, too, is, is how are we going to make it through those things? Are we going to be the same person? Everybody goes through, goes through trials. Some people end up bitter. Some people end up better. Which one are we going to be when we go through that trial? Trials and struggles reveal things about us. Let's go back to verse number three. It says this, you know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. Pressure reveals what's already there, doesn't it? Just like this, this sponge, whatever is inside the sponge, when I give pressure on it, is gonna come out. If there was, there was grape juice in there, that's what would come out. If there was oil in here, that's what would come out. If this was vinegar, that's what would come out. If it's fresh water, that's what comes out. And whenever we're squeezed, whenever pressure has, whatever's inside of us, it's gonna come out. And sometimes that's good things that come out. It's when we see pressure, a lot of times that, a, that a, uh, an athlete under pressure comes up, rises to the occasion. A lot of times it's a, it's a, a soldier who is, who is put under pressure that they understand how courageous they can actually be. Pressure sometimes shows us the good inside of us and the pressure brings out the bestness. It brings out our faith. It brings out our compassion it brings out our hope but other times also it brings out some of the things that we need to realize we need to deal with things that we may not like as much about ourselves you know one thing I've talked to a lot of people about what they've learned through all this and next week we're going to hear a lot of good things God has done so many amazing good things good things good things in people's lives don't miss next week because we're going to talk about that but also something that does is pressure has revealed to a lot of people man these are some things ways that I need to to grow and here are some of the ways that you've said that you need to, to grow, that it's been brought up to you as, as the pressure came. One, a lot of people said, you know what, it's taught me about my priorities. Uh, a lot of people said, you know, my priorities, one person said, my priorities were completely out of whack, and this has helped put them back into to place. For other people, it's, it's their values. I mean, a lot of people talked about their values and said, you know what, the things that I used to care about, uh, I found out really are not that important, a lot of them. And the things that I didn't give much credit to are the things that I found out are really, really important in, in life. Several people talked about the pace of life and said this, that, that, you know, that, that one person said it like this. They said, my, the pace of my life was absolutely crazy and it was affecting me, it was affecting my family, it was affecting every part of my, my life and I wasn't even enjoying life. One person talked about control and said I was a control freak and I realized, you know, there's a lot of things that aren't in my control but God really is in control and I've learned that. One person said this, I found out that I was putting a whole lot of trust in things that could let me down and disappoint me. You know, the question is, where, what is that for, for us? What are some of the things that God is trying to teach you and reveal to, to you? And in my own life, I'll just be uh, transparent that uh, when we first started to go through this, when everything was going down, 
uh, I was really uh, overcome with anxiety and, and worry. And it, it felt like more than something that was just a, a heart thing or a, or a head thing. It just seemed like it was, it was also a demonic thing. It just felt like an attack from, from the enemy in a, in a huge way. It just felt like a, a, a weight. It felt like a, a shroud. It felt like a, a cloud over, over me. And I know that some of that was from, uh, from Sylvie and I, what we were going through, because we were going through the, uh, the, the virus itself. But, but I know that a lot of that, that what I was feeling, was concern over the, the church. I was concerned how we were going to meet together if we can't meet together. And I was concerned over the finances, how we were going to meet budget when everything was crazy and, and things. And, and I felt the weight of responsibility for God's flock. As the, as the shepherd. I felt the weight of responsibility for, uh, for the, the staff that, that, that I lead. And as we were going through that, I thought God revealed two things for me. First of all, he revealed that it wasn't my weight to carry. And this is something I've had to be reminded of several times in, in ministry, but just God reminded me again, this isn't my church. This is God's church. And if that's God's church, then the weight or the responsibility rests on his shoulders. And I was carrying a weight that I, I couldn't carry and I wasn't supposed to carry. And something else is I realized it was a faith issue. That it was a, you know, I, I had to realize that, that, man, I was not trusting God as much as I could have or should have, especially with the track record God's had in my life. He's never, ever let me down. He's always come through for me. And why would I think it's going to be any different this time? And it really frustrated me that I was going through some, some of those. But, but something that I, I love is God just kept showing me and showing me and showing me how faithful he was as, as well. And God has done some incredible things in my life through this. He's taken, you know, I've been a person who's been faithful and prayer but he's taken my my prayer to another level he's taken my praise and my worship of him to a completely different level because it seems like a lot more time in my prayer life is now in just thanking him and this you may think this is crazy but i've been thinking him thanking him for for a lot of uh, of stuff that you know normally i would just say hey thank you god for you know for food thank you for this but but it seems like he's just taking me to be specific about those things i mean i've been thanking god for chicken i've been thanking god for watermelon i've been thanking god for a good juice steak and I've been thanking God a lot for chocolate thank you God for chocolate I've been thinking as I've walked around I've just instead of just thanking for birds I've been specific God thank you for bluebirds thank you for cardinals thank you for the beautiful sound they make thank you God for eagles thank you for the sound of a seagull thank you God for the sound of a, of a hawk screeching thank you for that and just specific and God thank you for this person and this person and what they did this 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 and just specific and what it's made is every time I go to praise every time I go to pray it just seems like there's this never-ending thing to thank God for because I've gotten more specific in that. But again, I ask you the question, what is God revealing to you about some ways that we can, uh, that, that God wants to reveal to us about ourselves that we can be different once we get to the other side? And, you know, that I've carried something on my keychain. I used to have a, I carried a keychain for 20 years, the same one. It was made out of brass. It had an eagle on it. And there on, had a verse on it from Isaiah chapter 40. And it said this, and it, it says that, but those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings as eagles. They will run and not grow weary, and they shall walk and not faint. And that word for that those who wait upon the Lord, the, the word can be used trust in some. And what it literally means is this, it's the, the Hebrew version of the same thing that we talked about with perseverance. It means I'm not budging. I'm staying where I am. 
I'm not budging. And, and you know what? This world may be going crazy right now and things may be going and I may not understand everything that's going on and, and everything, but I know one thing. I'm not budging from my faith in God. I'm not f- budging from my hope. I'm not budging from my understanding of who God is, that he's a great God and he's a good God and he's gonna take care of me as, as well. You know, I, uh, I grew up in Colorado and, and where I lived, uh, some of us were talking about that a, a few weeks ago, is there, we would have some incredible windstorms. I mean, incredible windstorms. That it was not weird for once or twice a year or at least every other year to have windstorms that were over 100 miles an hour. Sometimes they got up to 150 miles an hour. And I was kind of crazy when those windstorms would happen. I would sometimes go outside and I would sit on our porch and I would watch the world fly by, quite literally. And, and sometimes I watched birds handle these storms in different ways. Some of the birds that all they would do is they would just hunker down and just hope to not die, man. They would just hope to survive. And sometimes they had a lot less feathers after the storm than they did when they went in. And there were other birds that came up and I'd, I'd watched them fly around and someone would fly, try to fly against the, the, the wind and it wasn't gonna happen. It just was not gonna happen. And then they'd flap until they'd get tired and exhausted and then they'd turn around and go the other direction and just like shoot towards Kansas like a bullet. But then there's eagles. And eagles always handle storms completely different. What they do is when they sense a storm coming, they face the storm. And then they brace their wings. And when the wind comes, it makes it so they go just a little bit higher. And then when the next gust of wind comes, it makes it where they go just a little bit higher still until they are literally above the storm. I think it was Paul Newman was flying around one time and he was, uh, he was in a, a plane and he flew, was flying above a storm and he couldn't believe how many eagles that there, that there were. And I believe God wants us to act like eagles there. I think he wants us to, to not just survive through all this. That's never been his intent. And I think God always wants us to thrive. And I don't think God wants us just to flap our wings in, in, in our own effort and our own strength and certainly not go in the other direction. I think God wants us to face the storm, whatever it is that, we're, that we, we need to. And I think that we brace ourselves with a trust in God and an assurance of who God is. And I want to read something that, uh, that our Hispanic pastor, Aleda, wrote, and she spoke to, to the Hispanic group, and I loved it, so I want to share this. She said this, How sad it would be to be remembered as the generation that went through this difficulty and soon forgot and returned to the normal that was far from God. Because our hearts were obsessed with materialism and self-dependence that leads us to stress, depression, family disorder, marriage, and selfishness. Let us not be remembered for being the generation that wiped out hand sanitizer, bleach, face masks, toilet papers from the stores. We must be remembered as the generation that learned to value God and his mercy more, that we learn to value each other more, and that we learn to value and care for what comes into our hands from God's gracious hand more and more. We're going to make it through this. How are we going to be? on the other side are we going to be better people are we going to be closer to God are we going to be more in love with him are we going to be more in love with the people around us if we could pray God we thank you that what you bring us into you bring us out of God thank you that you are a faithful and a wonderful God thank you that you care for us enough to stir up the nest God thank you that you hover over us so that we, you teach us how to live that you even came to this earth to show us how to live 
And thank you, Lord God, that you never leave us or forsake us, that you never let us fall. And God, thank you that you want to take us from glory to glory. So God, as we ask the question, what do you want to do in our life? How do you want us to be on the other side of this? What are you doing? What are you wanting to reveal to, to us? The good, the bad, and the ugly, the great, Lord God, thank you for how you've been faithful to us. And Lord God, we thank you that we serve a faithful God and we look to the future, whatever that is, the new normal. And God, we don't want it to be like the last normal. We want it to be even better. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you. Thanks again for listening to the Crossroads Podcast. Check back with us weekly to hear more messages. We hope you have a blessed day.